Hi guys, this is Aditya Singh with yet another chapter from the Azuaif saga. And sorry for the wait. My life has been crazy, and as a result, I haven't really had the time to sit down and just write one of these. Part of the problem was that this chapter is a bit of a doozy, and so it made me harder to start back up. I will be continuing this series. Have no fear. So this podcast is a review of the second POV chapter of Bran Stark. This is one of the most important chapters which you will find out later on. So I hope you will bear with me and like this podcast. And just the beginning of the chapter we are picking up on some interference from Blood Raven. Hopefully it's nothing. One line here that I find great is Bran remarking that going to the wall is almost as good as going south to King's Landing. This is great for establishing Bran as adventurous without explicitly stating that he is or even him thinking about the path ahead of him. Old Nan just kinda outlines Ned stories, dungeons, ghosts and dragon skulls on the wall. They aren't in that order, but Ned stories does involve dragon skulls, dragon skulls, the death of Targaryens, ghosts, Lyanna and the black cells which he will end up in this paragraph outlining some of the legendary knights of the king's guard is a little interesting serving of the mirror shield is there for some reason though the though the small folk have been retconning him to make him a knight of the king's guard but he isn't because he is from the time when the king's guard were not even present in westeros and while bran largely seems to be thinking about the king's guard starting from most distant to getting closest to modern times he notably has prince aemon the dragon knight before sirs eric and eric the twin brothers who died in the dance of the dragons rob telling bran that jamie doesn't count as a knight of the king's guard is nice i had not spotted this before but i do like it I think largely because I love the Rob and Bran brotherly dynamic. And once again I am saying Blood Raven is fucking with shit. Bran weirdly finds himself overcome with emotions for no reason whatsoever. The not yet named Summer isn't showing any interest in fetching sticks and after this it decides to go climbing. This is weirdly Blood Raven's shit. And the moment it Bran decides to go climbing, Summer become compliant. And yes, the weird fan theories going on in various internet portals that Bran's father is a squirrel. Well, you ought to laugh at this. So moving on. The second passages within Winterfell are a bit interesting. these are meant to parallel those of king's landings in some ways however unlike the ones in king's landing they don't have someone like where is the spider there occupying them so far as we know only bran knows about these which makes me wonder if there is someone else who knows their way around them which could come into play later in the story like i don't know brandon told barbary or something the boy climbing too high getting struck by lightning then get getting his eyes pecked out by crows is a bit interesting as we have several different components of different stories like 
House Dondarrion's founding involved a guy getting struck by lightning or people like Crowfoot Umber being taken for dead. Actually, Beric too, Beric Dondarrion, he was actually dead and then resurrected by Thoros of Mir. So this all is a lot of a foreshadowing on GRRM's part. But this can also be seen as a metaphor for the Game of Thrones. Everyone eventually climbs too high and dies as a result. Jamie says all mothers are mad, which, yeah, no, I got nothing on that line. Lol, what the heck, Cersei? Ned betrayed a king already? When? You mean the one that had just killed his father and brother and was now calling for his execution? Well, that's not betraying. That's called protecting your life and honor. And Cersei is spot on with the prediction of her getting set aside for another new Lyanna, kinda, as in Renly is trying to make this happen with Marjorie by setting her up with Robert. Now we have 7 year old Bran who can't fathom what he is seeing when Jamie and Cersei are having sex. Bran thinks that he made a noise of some sort but yeah, no it was probably just a raven as in blood raven, my arch nemesis. And now, the most important part that I said will come in the end. Jamie flinging Bran from the tower after he catches him. Later on, we do see Cersei and Jamie talk about this and yeah, Cersei is right in that they probably didn't need to throw Bran. They could have absolutely found a way to threaten him into silence. And I find it interesting that Jamie throws Bran immediately after Bran tells him that he is 7 years old. So this would normally seem really weird as Jamie should know Bran has no idea what he is saying. But for some reason, it doesn't particularly hesitate. What this does point to is Jamie's experience and the fact that he himself probably already understood what was going on when he was 7 or close enough in age, which is consistent with the story that he and Cersei were caught when they were six by their mother and the fact that their relationship progressed much further. So this is it from this chapter. Goodbye Fox. I will catch up with you guys again with yet another saga. Thank you and have a nice day.